there is a, a story about two men that went fishing together, and they went out to a remote part of a lake, and it was isolated. There's nobody around them, and so a guy, he, he throws in his line, and he's sitting there, and he's watching his bobber, and after about, after about five minutes, he hears this loud explosion. You know, water just goes flying all over him. He turns around, and he sees his friend with a net, and he's scooping up all the fish, all the dead fish that are floating up to the top, and he's like, what in the world is going on? And, and he watches his friend, and his friend pulls out a stick of dynamite. He lights it, throws it back out in the water. There's another explosion. More fish come up, and the guy's absolutely mortified. And he, and he looks at his friend, and he says, what are you doing? And his friend said, well, I'm, I'm fishing. And he said, man, that's illegal. You can't do that. And so his friend grabs another stick of dynamite, and he lights it, and he hands it to him. And the guy's sitting there looking at it, and he goes, hey, are you going to talk? Are you going to fish? Now, now, I believe that there is a time in all of our lives when we have to come to a point where we answer that question. You know, are we just going to spend our lives just talking, or are we going to fish? Now, today we are continuing our series, Rumors. And, and one of the big rumors that we're going to be talking about today is the rumor that our faith is to be a private matter, that it is something that you simply keep to yourself. And there's just sort of this idea out there that, you know, you don't want to you don't want to talk about your faith because it's personal, it is private, and you want to just make sure that you don't say anything about it so that you don't offend anyone. Now that's the rumor. Now the question for us today, well, is that true? And so today in our passage of scripture, we're going to see Jesus give evidence to his disciples that that is simply a rumor, that, that Jesus did not come here and give himself and live for us and die for us so that that could just simply be a personal experience, while, while it is a personal experience, but he was saying, that's not something I did for you so that you could just simply hoard it and keep it for yourself and not share it or not let it impact your life, even in the public realm. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to see that Jesus gives us evidence that our faith is not simply a private matter. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to look in Luke chapter 5, and we're going to look at the first 11 verses in that chapter. And so if you want to, you can turn there, and while you turn there, I'm, I'm just going to give you a little background information about what's happening. Uh, what's happening at this point is Jesus is really just at the beginning of his ministry, um, he, he ministered mainly in northern Israel where the Sea of Galilee is. Now in our text today, it's called Gennesaret. And that's just another name for the Sea of Galilee. And he was up there and he was teaching and preaching. And whenever you read the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus was doing some pretty incredible stuff that would, that would definitely get our attention. And what's interesting is the stuff he's doing it was very public stuff. I mean, he's not just preaching publicly. But he's walking around, and there's people that are sick, people that have diseases, and Jesus is publicly touching them and healing them. Now, as you can imagine, when something like that happens, people wanted to be around Jesus. I mean, wouldn't you want to be around him? I mean, at least for the show. And so people are they're, they're pressing in on Jesus. And so when we get to Luke chapter 5, what's happening is Jesus goes down to the lake, People seen Jesus healing people in the previous chapter, and it says that the crowds were pressing in on him. I mean, they want to get near this guy. And so Jesus is, he's right up at the shore, and there's so many people around him. He sees this guy named Simon, also known as Peter. He says, Peter, let me get in your boat. 
uh, that the crowds are pressing in on me. I need to kind of get away from them a little bit. And so, so I need to get in a boat so I can get away from them and I'll be able to speak to them. And so what we see from our text today is that Jesus gives us evidence that our faith, it's not just private, but it is something that is also to be public. Okay, then what evidences do we see of this in our text today? And I just want to point out three of them. And the very first piece of evidence that demonstrates this is that Jesus gave us this message, the message about him, to be shared. That the story about Jesus is so incredible It's not something that you can just simply keep for yourself. It is a message that you are to share with other people. Now, look back in verse number 1 of chapter 5. It says, As the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by Lake Gennesaret. And he saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. Okay, so now the, the crowds are pressing in on him. And for me, I'm a person that has claustrophobia. And so this is just like, I mean, I'm seeing this and I'm this, I start sweating. You know, when I read the scripture, I mean, masses of people are pushing in on Jesus. Now the question is, why? You know, why, why, why were there so many people that were getting so close to Jesus? Well, if you go back to chapter 4, Jesus has just healed a man that was possessed with a demon. It says that everybody knew this guy, he was out of his mind. Jesus saw this guy was possessed with a demon, and he walks over to him, and he tells the demon, just very, very simply, he says, get out. And the demon does. And this guy that's been nuts for years is restored immediately to being a normal person. And so people see this, and they are absolutely fascinated. They are drawn to Jesus, and they start flocking to him. They know Jesus can heal, and so they want to get as close to him as possible. And so that's why it's interesting to me that we hear this rumor that that faith, that what we believe about Jesus, it's to be a private matter, and yet we see Jesus himself being very public. And so Jesus wanted to get into a boat so that he could share with the people. Now, if, if this is true, the rumor's true that faith is a private matter, it seems like Jesus would have gotten in the boat and said, hey, people, mind your own business. You know, y'all, y'all just go back home. You don't need to hear anything from me. But that was not Jesus' purpose when he came here. In chapter 4, verse number 43, Jesus said, I must proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because I was sent for this purpose. Now, according to this verse, what was Jesus' purpose? Okay, y'all get to take a stab at this one. What was it? Proclaim good news. The word proclaim, it means to share. What was Jesus sharing? He's sharing good news. What was the good news? That God sent Jesus here in order to redeem, to rescue, to change, to transform people's lives. That's that's pretty good news. That is why Jesus came. Now guys, when you have good news, it is completely unnatural for you not to share it. Right? I mean, if something really good happens in your life, what's one of the first things you want to do? You want to tell everybody about it. I mean, let me give you an example. 
Now, for those of you who are married, for those of you who are happily married, do not raise your hands. Okay, for those of you who are happily married, do you remember whenever you got engaged? Whenever you got engaged, was that, was that news that you wanted to keep to yourself? Now, when ladies, I know that whenever you got engaged, and I'm sure Becky, whenever Jeremy proposed to you, I'm sure that one thing that you did was that you tried to do whatever you could in order to stick that finger out so everybody could see that massive rock. Y'all ought to look at Becky's ring. Jeremy, what do you do for a living? Uh, Y'all ought to look at that big ring. She wanted everybody to see that ring because she wanted everybody to know, I am now off the market. Right? And it's news you want to share with people. Now, now for me, when I got engaged, I wanted to share with everybody that I was engaged because I couldn't believe anybody was crazy enough to want to be able to marry me. Well, Jesus had bigger news than, than marriage. Jesus' news is even better than this. The good news was that Jesus had a plan to redeem people. As I tell you something, we live in a world where there's brokenness. We live in a place, and we all have experienced this in our own lives, where we know that there is just something that is missing in our lives that does not complete us. And we are looking for fulfillment. The people in our text, they were looking for, 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 for fulfillment. That they wanted, they wanted to have meaning in their lives. Now, what they had been taught was, listen, if you follow the law of God, then you can be restored to God. And that sounds great, but guys, here's the bad news. We can't keep the rules. Now, we can keep some of them pretty well, but we can't keep all of them. And so what happened is the people were depressed. The people were were totally out of their element. They were saying there is no way that we can ever be restored to God. And so that is why Jesus came. He says, listen, I got good news for you. you. You feel like that there's nothing that can bring restoration into your life, but that's why I came. And so he shared the news. And guys, we have the same news for people. But if people are going to find out about that news, what has to happen? It has to be shared. You can't keep it private. You have to deliver it. In Matthew 9, 35 through 38, it says, Then Jesus went to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them, because they were weary and worn out like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. You know, the mantra I hear over and over again is, listen, listen you keep your faith to yourself. Faith is a private matter. It's a, you don't want to share it because you don't want to offend anyone. You guys, if you've got good news, you'll, you'll keep that to yourself. You know, if, if a house is on fire and your, your family's inside of the house and you know the way out, you're going to share that news? You better believe it. Because you want to rescue them. Now, if you don't share that news, then you are guaranteeing their demise. And whenever I look out into our world today, and whenever I visit with people and I talk with people, I see that so many of us are overwhelmed with life. We are overrun by addictions and by shortcomings in our life. And we wonder, is there any way out? Well, there's Jesus. And we have, we have the path to point people to so they can find freedom. It's Jesus. This is the message that, that Paul shared 
with the people in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, he, he warned them. He said, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit will not inherit God's kingdom. Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, or anyone practicing homosexuality, and no thieves and greedy people and drunkards and verbally abusive people or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. And then he says, and some of you used to be like this. And then here's the good news. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now, why do you think people were pressing in on Jesus? Because they felt like they were hopeless, and Jesus said, I got the answer. And he shared it with them. You guys, that's our job. As believers, as a church, we are to share the good news. Not because we're better than anybody else, but because we're just like everybody else. But we've experienced rescue. That's why at our church, we're, we're, it's the year of 100. I hope you guys are still every week that you are praying for that one person that this year, that their life will be changed and rescued by God. Why? Because we know that Jesus changes people. I can tell you one thing that I'm doing is I'm, I've already talked to, the, talked to the guy I'm praying for, and I've invited him to go out with me. I've invited him to go fishing, and maybe it'll be golf next time. My wife's like, man, this is a sham. That I, w- I want to do these things because as I get together with him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to him about, about what, Jesus, what Jesus means to me. And then I'm going to ask him what Jesus means to him. And I'm inviting him into the church. And then I'm praying that God will change his life because I know Jesus can. So whenever I look into our text, is, is, our, is our faith something to be private? Well, there's, there's evidence that that's not true. Well, how do I know that? Well, the first piece of evidence is our message is to be shared. But the second piece of evidence is the purpose of the message. It's action. I mean, we are given the message of Jesus to act upon it. Now look in verses 4 and 5. It says, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, he said, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night long and, and caught nothing, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. Now after Jesus had just finished speaking, to the people on the boat, then he turns to Peter and he makes it very personal. He says, Peter, it's time for, for us to go out in the deep water, and now I want you to let down your nets. And when I, when I read this verse, the first thing that I thought was, our faith is not just about talking. Now, Jesus has been talking all this time. But he lets Peter know, he says, listen, our faith is not just about talking, it is about doing. Your faith Your walk with Jesus is not just something for us to talk about. It's about doing. Jesus demonstrated this himself in Matthew 20, 28. He said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Christianity is not just a philosophy. it's, it's, It's not just something that we take and we just sit around and have musings about it and we and we just simply talk about it. Our faith is something that we are to act on. I mean, what, what is the point, or what good is a car going to do you if it doesn't have an engine? And it might be nice to look at, but it's, it's not going to do you any good. It's not going to have any purpose. It's not going to take you anywhere. Now, is it easy for us to put our faith into action? I'll be honest with you, it's not. It's not always easy. I mean, Jesus is talking to Peter, and Peter has some friends with him, and he says, let's go back out in the deep and let your nets down. You know why this would have been hard to hear for these guys? Because all night before... They'd been fishing. 
Remember how much they had caught? You know how many fish they caught? All in all these hours of fishing, the big goose egg. Now let me tell you something, as a guy who likes to fish, if I've been out fishing for a long time and I haven't caught anything, the last thing I want to do is for somebody to say, hey, let's go fishing again right after I've just gotten back. I'm like, man, ain't no way. I've already been there. There's no fish in that hole. These guys, they were out cleaning their nets. They've been fishing all night. They're ready to go home. They're ready to go to bed. And for some of us, that's how we feel in life. Man, we're tired. We're worn out. You want me to talk about Jesus? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm tired. You know, if I have a choice of, like, working in the yard or sitting down and watching television, I'm choosing TV. It, it doesn't take any effort. Now, it might be fun and easy to do, but does it accomplish anything? It doesn't. It doesn't achieve anything. And the same thing is true about our faith. If the only thing I do is, is just simply sort of muse on it and, but never act on my faith, it's, it's worthless. James wrote about this in James 2.17. He said, in the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. That's why Jesus told Peter, he says, it's time to put into practice what you say you believe about me. He says, let down your nets. Guys, in this life, we've been called to let down our nets. Why? Because if we don't let them down, nothing's going to happen. Now, is our, is our faith just simply a private matter? Absolutely not. It's to be put into action. You know, this week, our church is going to put our faith into action. Just as a, one of the ways that we do this is this coming Saturday, we're doing the Easter extravaganza. And we've, uh, there's, we're going to put out 20,000 plastic eggs in a field. And Becky Miller's been doing this for years. So she's headed it up. We'll put out 20,000 20, eggs in a field. Some of our small groups are putting those, reconnecting those plastic eggs. After that's over, after the kids pick up the eggs in three seconds, it's amazing, then we're going to feed over 1,000 people a free meal. Now, that is a way that we say we are a church that is here to do now, we're, our, our desire is that the next day that there's going to be some of those people who come to the church and then we will share with them the resurrection of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. Faith is meant to be put into action. It's not kept private. How do I know this? Well, the evidence is it's a message to be shared. It's a message of action. But it's also a message that brings transformation. Jesus changes people's lives. Let me read to you verses 6 through 11, then we'll conclude. It says, when they did this, when they let down the nets, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so the, they, they got so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I'm a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they took. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land. They left everything, and they followed him. When you follow Jesus, he changes you. When you're obedient to Jesus, he will transform your life. Jesus told Peter to let down your nets. Now, I'm sure that Peter had to be thinking, I mean, I, surely he was thinking, you know what, I'm a professional fisherman. Jesus, you're like a carpenter. I've been fishing all night, I haven't caught anything. I mean, I think I know what I'm talking about. But Peter said, but because of who you are, so I'll do what you say. He let down his nets. What happened when he was obedient? The fisherman's dream. 
There were so many fish, we're told that their boats were about to sink. How, if any of you fished, how awesome would that be? Man, I caught so many fish that my boat sank. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. When they were obedient, they were transformed. Now, if you've not been obedient to Jesus, if you never let down your nets, you never will catch anything. Guys, if we, if we just simply keep our faith to ourselves and we never share, we never let down our nets about Jesus, nobody's life's going to be transformed. Nobody's life is going to be changed. If you read this story, it's interesting that at the beginning of the story, Jesus is referring to, he refers to Peter, Simon. By the time you get to the end of the story, he calls him Peter. Now, Peter was a name that Jesus gave him. Peter means a rock. At this point, he is anything but a rock. If you read about Simon, you'll find, that's why I like him so much. He's like, he's a brash guy. He's a guy that he's just sort of off the cuff all the time. He's, uh, whenever somebody makes him mad, he pulls out a sword and he starts swinging it, trying to cut a guy's head off. He misses, cuts the guy's ear off. I mean, he's a guy that's just, he's impulsive. But Jesus looked at Peter, and he didn't see him for who he was. Instead, he saw him for what he could be. And he knew that whenever he touched Peter's life, that eventually Peter was going to be a man who was strong and powerful and decisive and faithful. He knew he could take a life that was broken and transform it. Um, I read a, a book about the the story behind the story of Moby Dick. And so I was reading it, and I was looking up some stuff, and uh, I found this story about a man named, um, what is his name? Let me look at, yeah, Ken Wilman. Not that y'all care, but I do. Ken Wilman lives in England, and he's walking on the beach. He's walking on the beach with his dog. This is a true story, y'all. Walking on the beach, and he, he sees there's a big rock, and his dog sort of snip around it. He's like, what, what's my dog doing with that rock? And he walks over, and he looks at the rock. It's a weird-looking rock. And so he picks up the rock, he weighed, he weighed seven pounds on the beach. And he, as he picked it up, he said the smell was overwhelmingly awful. And he said, I dropped it. He's like, what in the world? And he said, but it was such an interesting rock. He picked it up again. He took it home. And he, he began to look it up on the Internet. He said, what is this thing? What he discovered is that it's, it's this substance known as ambergris. Okay, now what is ambergris? This is the weird part. It's very rare. It's whale vomit. And it came up on the beach. And you're like, why are you telling us a story about whale vomit right now? Like, well, here's why. Okay, it's that tr- tremendously noxious, but in the Moby Dick days, that they were looking for this stuff. And the reason why is because you could take this, this horrible-smelling stuff, and perfume companies would buy it. And they could get the noxious smell out of it and make it, t- that's what they made their perfume out of. So they'd get rid of this noxious smell and turn it into something that made you smell better. Okay, now you might be thinking. And as a matter of fact, it's, it was so, it's so rare. They offered this guy, this just happened like two years ago. They offered him, a perfume company offered him $50,000 for that rock. That's how rare it is. Okay, now why, what's the story, what's the well vomit connection? But, well, there's not one. I just thought I'd tell you. Now, there is a connection. Here's the connection. Your life and my life is like ambergris. It is smelly, it is stinky, we are broken. But when Jesus touches your life, he can take your noxious life and turn it into something that is beautiful. And I know people in this room, I know people in our other services who've been touched and changed by Jesus like that. 
And let me tell you something. If we are not willing to share that news with other people, oh, how devastating that is. Our faith is not a private matter. It is something that is to be shared. How can I know this? Well, look at our text today. I, Jesus meant for his message to be shared. The purpose of his message is action because it brings transformation.